Okay, Chris, before we get started on the podcast, I'd like to uh, just take just a few seconds to talk about the upcoming Fulcrum Summit that we have coming here in Lehigh, Utah, late September. And could you, like if somebody's been following you on LinkedIn, maybe they've gone over to the Fulcrum and they've listened to some of your long-form content like this podcast or like some of your articles or videos or whatever, what is it about a face-to-face, in-person workshop? What can you do there that you just can't do through you know, just downloading stuff online? Well, a couple things. One, we get to actually meet people in person. I think there's some energy and some uh, synergies that happen that you just can't get online. Yeah, we've been Um, missing that for a couple years. Yeah, and number two, we're keeping this really small and we're actually almost booked out. So, because we want to give people a hands-on experience. So it's not just we're going to lecture, you'll hear people speaking, and then you go home with a cadre of a thousand things to do there'll be a lecture and then application with feedback lecture application feedback so the entire experience is not just about hearing but applying it to a real situation you're working on so that you leave better more equipped tangibly better when you go back to work the following week so the design's different um the energy's different but more importantly you're not going to just leave with ideas but a tangible product when you head back to work. Yeah, that's important because it's not even that you're you're trying to do it on your own. You're trying. You're, you have time to do it on your own. It's that you have someone there like you or like yeah. some. Well, let's be honest. We seldom have time to work on our work. We're always so in the vortex of it. We can't ever work on it. So we're trying to give people dedicated time to get above the fray, the firefighting, and to think about how they're working on their work. Do they have the right scoping of their system? Do they really understand the problem they're trying to solve? Do they understand some of the bigger issues in operations? Do they understand what it takes to have a really good offering? Do they understand where to focus? And when they can understand these things and have time away from the office, they can go back rejuvenated and with the idea that, yeah, you can make a difference, you can make an impact. We're trying to give you the gift of time to do the work you are here to do. Gotcha. All right, if you'd like more information on that, you could go to www.fulcrumsummit.com and all of it's there. And there's also the button where you can register. So hope to see you there. Thanks. All right, welcome to our podcast. Chris, how are you doing? I'm great. We wanted to, uh, we're going to touch on a new topic today on technology. I know this is one of your favorites to talk about. So it's one of the most common seductive seven. So we'll jump into it and let me preface this. Technology is not a bad thing. It's also not a good thing. It's just a tool. <laughs> it's kind of an agnostic tool. The question is, are we using it the right way? Yeah, I think I think sometimes people get a, a little bit of a bad idea of or wrong idea of your take on it. You definitely see a role for it, um, but there's... You see, I think you've, your experience, you've seen people jump to it too quickly and think of it as too much of the solution. Yeah, we have. the only part of a solution. Right. We, we are setting up whole institutions just for technology, right? We have departments of technology. We have people in, you know, senior leaders in technology, CTOC, and they're really, really important positions and they have the potential to have such an impact. But they're just a tool. It'd be like setting up the department of screwdrivers, right? That's a means to an end. Right, right. So what we really want to understand first, we call it pre-IT, is what is the measure or the policy or the operational or maybe even the offering 
that's the problem. Um, let's take, for example, uh, we see this very often in government circles. Uh, people will jump to technology, the feds will pay for a part of it, so they feel compelled and it's all for modernization, right? So lots of projects around modernization or upgrading legacy systems or going digital, but none of those are really clear on if you were to do that, how is the customer better off? What limitation did we remove? You know, operationally, let's say there's an operational problem and it's taking two months to get applications done and then we build a $200 million piece of technology. Did we really get the application process from you know 60 days to two days? Well, that's not a technology problem. That's a problem with how we're dealing with handoffs and the type of information we're collecting up front. And if we're forcing people to you know, go back and forth too many cases, which we call too much work in process, those are all operational issues. And we don't understand that. We build up a system that actually hardwires all the dysfunction that's making the old system not work well, right? So the goal isn't just take the old system and then automate it with a few cool bells and whistles, but to actually fundamentally change how we're delivering services. And that's a business problem. Again, our offering, our measure, our policies, our operations. I think one of the, at least the way I've seen it, is I think one of the things you are frustrated by is when business leaders kind of just say, IT take the wheel, and so, you know, so to speak, and just like you just take over from here, and, and they are not yep. yeah. driving and saying, I need this result for this reason so we can hit these milestones for these customers or whatever, and I need it to produce these yeah. results. You just when it's it's very difficult for non-technical business leaders sometimes to have discussions with highly technical IT people. Mm, so I, I think it's the onus is on the IT people to have highly effective conversations with the business. And not just because that's you know an obligation, but the goal of IT should be to help the business either become more profitable or can do more with fewer resources in the government space or to have significantly higher outcomes for the customers they serve. Uh, more sales. If the technology isn't helping with the bottom line and it's just cool, then why are we doing it? Now, the other problem is leadership will sometimes get enamored by technology because the tech people will come and talk about the coolest things and the trends and what you can do to automate everything. And they're like, hey, it sounds great. And it could be great. It could be that you could have all of your staff people now being in the field with really simple iPads to collect and take information in the field versus having to translate it back in the office. And that's that's great. You know, that's a nice little thing to have. But that change, which is, you know, good, is not going to have like a 25% change in the ability of the organization to deliver the outcomes the customer has. Those are, you know, issues around the margins, but we get so enamored by it like we make that the big strategy, right? Now, what we want to do is actually figure out what's the real limitation we need to solve, use technology if we need to, but a lot of times we found you don't need technology to do it. And then if you can use technology in this case to you know, make some things more convenient, great. But business should be driving technology, not the other way around. And if we don't slow down, if we just jump into it because it's the greatest thing to do, here's the consequences. Number one, it's the opportunity cost. So I spent all my time in the field setting up iPads for people to do in the field documentation, which is great. But that comes with an opportunity cost. Maybe the bigger issue is the product offering I have for the customer isn't sufficient. Like we've got an issue of um, not understanding exactly what our customers need 
And in the meantime, we're like getting better and better at documenting our bureaucracy through automation. Like that's not what the customer cares about. So yeah, just on that point, yeah. though, that's also not fair to the IT people. Exactly. Because I've I've come from that world. That's where that's where I've lived for decades. And when the business is not clear on exactly what do you want us exactly. to do and why, yep. that's a you're putting the IT people in an impossible situation. They're trying to win an unwinnable game. But when they do know that and you can clearly spell that out, then they're like, okay, thank you. We can do that for you. We yeah. can take care of that. And IT people are great. We just kind of throw over, or I'll see sometimes leaders just relegate the discussion with the IT leaders to the subject matter experts, which is great, but the subject matter experts are often entrenched in doing things the way they've always done it, and so now they're handing off, here's how we've always done it, handing that over to the IT people, and the IT say, great, I'm gonna deliver what the business wants, and I'm gonna hardwire now the back the old practice that we've been doing that doesn't create a breakthrough in our book in the world of decorating the fish we use an example of car rental companies and one use technology just to simply automate your application process right you go in instead of filling it on with the agent you just fill it on a on a kiosk well so what the other car rental company removed a fundamental limitation which is basically you don't even have to check in you fill it out, you fill it out once, you bypass the whole check-in line, the whole kiosk line, you go right to your car, right? So in one case, technology just automated exactly what the process was before, and the other way it really reinforced or allowed for the business to manifest its strategy, which is you know reduce friction points for the potential driver of their car. So technology is a tool, people, and if you cannot show how it's going to make it that you own more of the market share or that you can make things cheaper or that you have a better quality outcomes you're more reliable more accurate you actually you know reduce recidivism in the prison system or something like that um or you can handle more demand right technology promises oh it's going to be automated and you don't have to do the, all this manual intake stuff and then the costs stay the same or actually go up because now we have to maintain and we've got batch or which we've is got often overlooked overlooked right? so there's the yeah. I mean, on the one hand, like well, this is one of the things, one of the themes I've heard you say many, many times is that we have to have accountability of those $200 million that we just spent and the extra $20 million a year or whatever it's going to cost to maintain that. Because sometimes if you're in nonprofit world, you're in the government world, you're in academia, it's too easy for us to just think we're removed from that. Like it just, it costs what it costs and we yeah. just need what we need. Well, and this is the big problem with technology is because it can handle complexity, right? It allows uh, entities just to bloat because there's nothing to constrain them, right? right? So you now have a piece of technology that can hold endless policies and procedures and do a rules-based um, run through all the rules to make sure you're delivering an accurate decision. Well. I'm like, what would we do if we didn't have technology and we couldn't just handle and manage thousands of pieces of policy and procedures, you know, because we can, we do, and we just actually exacerbate the, the complexity. I love to live and work within a constraint because it forces the innovation and the deeper thinking. And I've seen some states like, oh, we want to have a great customer experience. So we're going to make the whole interaction with the, you know, our websites easier. It's single sign-on and the, the, all the websites look the same and the branding. And they'll spend tons of time and energy and money doing all this because technology can do it. But the question is, is that really the opportunity cost? 
right? And a lot of times it's not that technology is doing harmful stuff. Sometimes it does because it hardwires in bad, bad practices and policies. In other cases, it's this massive opportunity cost. You're like, if you go ask your customer, the shareholder, the taxpayer, is that the most important thing that you need to be doing for us? Um, could the money and the energy be spent somewhere else? Usually I find that there's a huge opportunity cost and we're just missing it. Well, on, those same, on that same vein, I've, I've heard you talk about scenarios where people would come in to make requests, budget requests for, you know, massive, several hundred, you know, like a couple hundred million or large IT projects. And then you look at their total budget and you're like, you could hire 40% more people for the yeah. same, like there's a disconnect of, of like, People feel, yeah, people are like, oh, we can spend endless money on technology and people don't blink an eye at that because it's tech. And then I'm like, exactly. You could have doubled your workforce for 10 years for the cost you're putting into that. I saw it was in the private sector group. I actually wrote an article on it. They were so excited because it was going to be like Netflix automation for their um, internal internet, their intranet. And, you know, now instead of having to like comb through all the internal policies and stuff, you can you know, it'll know what you like and push up the information you think that you would need. My first question is, what kind of intrasite, intra, sorry, intrawet, intranet, yeah. intranet, sorry, is so complex that you literally need like the search engine <laughs> and this like machine learning to help you navigate it? My first question would be, wh- where are we going wrong that is this complex in an organization? And, and that's I, what technology allows. It allows for unfettered, unfiltered complexity. Yeah, it, I, I remember that one. It was like, it, it, it's actually useful if I watch a movie to know you might like this other movie because other people enjoyed it. But like, if I'm looking at a policy, I may not really care what's the next policy. Yeah. And how do I, I simplify be, the policy? I mean, why, that's why my bigger I, yeah. question. Simple, do the harder work. Go through all of your thousands of pages of policies and, and figure out which one's really are the most important for your employees, right? Not how do we just have endless complexity and then technology will leave technology to manage it. Now, there are cases where you need that, where you've got a lot of information coming through quickly and you've got to be able to digest it and kick out a decision. But that, again, would be a very specific problem you're solving. And I think the antidote to all of this is when you actually understand who your customer is, your primary customer versus strategic customer. You can read more about that on the fulcrum and what their fundamental problem is and what's prohibiting the organization from delivering that, a procedure, a policy, and you know, operations and flow, a measure you're offering. Then we have a business problem to solve. We have an issue, a flow problem to solve. We have an issue with our offering isn't sufficient to really bring people over the finish line and buy our product or use our service. And at the end of the day, that's a business thing that we have to figure out. Then we can bring technology in when we're super clear that we can create the minimal viable piece of technology that will actually amplify the business solution. We're not here just to automate or modernize or going digital or whatever the the newest buzz. We need independent thinkers to think deeply about this because the cost is too high, not just financially, but the opportunity cost and the cost of just maintaining this behemoth thing that we just set up. Yeah. And when you lose that perspective, it seems like what we tend to do is we tend to automate, or we tend to make our work lives better, mm-hmm. even though that may or may not translate into removing limitations for a primary customer. Well, yeah, so we make our, this is a common one. You know, 
dual uh, data entry. Like I have to go into like three different systems to enter my data. So now I build, and I've seen this, I've seen people build like these massive systems to deal with what you just said, make the bureaucracy easier. I don't have to do double data entry because I'm not in two systems, I'm in one system. Now my first question is, forget two systems, forget one system. What are the important questions we've got to be answering to get, you know, what information do we need for the customers to answer the questions? And to think differently about that first, this is like say in a, in a system that does application processing. What's the minimal amount of information I need to get from the customer so they make the accurate decision? It's not onerous on them, but I also know that it's auto-proof and they're, you know, I'm making an accurate decision. How do I do that first? And then once I know that, I can use technology. The goal isn't just to not have to enter or put stuff into three or four or five systems. The real question is, you know, what am I trying to get from the customer and why and how much of it do I need? So if I could just make a wish for everyone, it's just before you even start anything, imagine that there is no technology to save you. What would you do? And then go back and figure out how technology can solve or help you once you really get clear on what you're trying to solve for. And even even if technology can, it doesn't mean that it should because for every... Like you were saying, for every project we do, that's that's five or six other projects, ten other projects we're not working on. Yeah, it's the opportunity cost. I've so seen if, this. Oh, go sorry. Like so, so if we, if we like, it's so easy for us to like I was saying, like to just kind of cloister ourselves from that frontline experience and to try to just make our lives, our work lives, more and more comfy, and forget about. Every time we do that, that may mean that those same resources are not out there solving difficult problems for our customers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's and, a steep opportunity cost. Nice to have versus need to have. It's two different things. And it's fun to do the cool, fun, sexy stuff that sounds good. But I'll tell you, if you cannot show a substantial impact for your investment, you know, just put, put it on pause and think right. differently. We'll hear this all the time. This is the cycle of technology. P- people build technology. Then they have to go and do bug fixes and um, enhancements because it never works the way people thought. And then they have to put in all the maintenance and security protocols. And by the time they finally got a system and they've gotten through half of the backlog of enhancements and bug fixes, the system's outdated. So now they've got a legacy system. So now they've got to go modernize their system and start the process all over again. So the organization is just continually in this cycle of modernize legacy, modernize legacy. And somewhere in there, we're spending tons of money and the customer's basic needs are getting lost. They just are. We spend billions, billions and billions in government in this country on technology. And unfortunately, too many of those projects, we cannot point for the investment to a substantial breakthrough. So again, if as a blind person, I love technology. I live by it. It's how I access the world of you sighted people. Um, technology with me learning Braille was huge. Technology, I'm not dissing technology. What I'm dissing is people who do not know how to wield its power appropriately. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Because it, and I think like if we were to say, okay, in a in a government situation, this is probably true in a nonprofit situation too, where you have a founder or, or contributors. But let's say in a government situation where you have to sit before a legislature every year and say, okay, we gave you. X amount of million dollars last year. What did you do with that? Mm-hmm. And you can if, say I stood up like a rules-based engine that did this. Who 
cares? Yeah, it's really easy <laughs> to do like a product demo. Yeah. Look at everything we built and look at the screens and mm -hmm. look at the, all these sliders. But it's like um, your your thing is our citizens better did we off. Better, uh, better off. Like did, can we serve more of them? Can we do it at a higher quality? Can we do it at a lower cost per service? Yep. Right. Yep. And we never, we, those technology costs just are in a different line item, right? And this, this is a whole different series we need to do on budgets, but you know, your technology line item, private sector or public sector, it's, it's like its own cost center. And so when we look at the full cost of delivering a product or service, it's like, oh, technology, $165 million. The other program here, they, they're not even seen sometimes or viewed in the same context. Now they should be. You know, if it's up to me, I'm putting in the whole lifespan of the technology from for the building to the maintenance, et cetera, into the full cost of delivering a service. And I want to understand, does that make it better, faster, cheaper? So, you know, we don't, we're kind of beating a dead horse here, but the bottom line is pretend technology doesn't exist. What's your policy, your measure, your operational, your flow issue, or potentially your offering isn't sufficient? Look there first figure out what that is for what's the biggest problem you can solve for your customer that one of those areas may impact when you know the answer to that then let's talk technology but don't put the cart before the horse right i think that's good in i think if we have um if those two can work in concert it's super powerful yep right but if we <clears throat> if we if we let it go astray either one then uh you can waste a lot of money really, really fast. But man, it sounds cool. So you get the gold star for the coolness award, but I don't think that's what our customers ultimately right. want. Okay. Well, cool. Well, thank Thanks. you very much for listening and um, tune in next uh, couple weeks from now for our next episode. And um, thank you for listening. <laughs>